Welcome back, everyone, to the first episode of 2022. This is episode 66. Yes, execute order. Episode 66 <laughs> of Double Hot Beat Podcast, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a hilarious home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, an even more hilarious beer intermediate. <laughs> Have you been waiting our whole podcast lives to say hilarious? Execute order 66. <laughs> yes. On the 66th episode. Absolutely. I don't doubt it. Well, on the theme of fandoms, I hope you all have been enjoying our homebrew-themed memes that James has been churning out over there. We've been cracking ourselves up over here, and we always love a good meme, and especially when uh, we can input our favorite movies and, you know, fandoms. Yeah, I guess that's what that's called, right? A fandom? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is what it's News to me, but... I was just doing it. I didn't know what it was called. So Well, I mean, it's just being part of the fandom. It's not necessarily called the fandom by making a meme, but you're a part of the Harry Potter fandom because you're a fan of the series. Yes, I am a Slytherin for sure. Okay. Well, before we get into this week's topic, we're going to just answer the first year homebrewing question that Harry wouldn't know either. I probably don't. Well, Hermione certainly would. And people are like, all right, enough of these Harry Potter references. This is a homebrewing and craft beer podcast, but you know. Uh, So tell me, (laughs) what would I get if I added a Whirlflock tablet to the kettle of wart, Shannon? Do you want me to actually tell you or do you... (laughs) Do you know or do you... I don't know. I don't. (laughs) Well, you've seen me drop in the tablet. Yes, I've seen you do it. And you've dropped in the tablet before. But do I know what chemical reaction happens? No. No, but that's okay. You know, it's it's a very common question, and I didn't even know what it was when I started, and the guy at the homebrew shop when I first started years ago was just like, yeah, drop this in the last five, ten minutes of your boil, and it'll make a world of difference. And so I'm what like, is it? cool. Yeah, what is it? So it's a finding agent in the form of a tablet, and it usually comes in like a pack of like, you probably get like 10 or 15 in them, and it actually helps make clearer beer without going through the filtering and doing all those extra processes that you do usually in addition to get a really fine clear beer as well as cold crashing but what the tablet does itself is it prevents the chill haze and it's a blend of irish moss and carrageenan irish moss is also used in substitution of a whirlflock tablet so you can use both depending on what you have access to and whirlflock tablets are just so easy to use and they have a pretty good shelf life as well i think they say up to 24 months you can use it and it's so easy you just drop it into your at the end of your boil the last five ten minutes of your boil i usually do the last five minutes of my boil and it's just preference on what you do for that and the Irish moss, Chan's like, are you just going out to your woods and finding Irish moss? <laughs> no, that's also something your homebrew store would have readily available to you. And also online, it's readily readily available. Both are pretty easy and pretty cheap to get. It's worth it. And okay. you might be asking, Shannon, what's different from Irish moss? You know, being Irish, you know, mm-hmm. what's the Irish moss here? And how's that, the science behind it? And without getting into too much detail, I just think it's amazing science. (laughs) And so Irish moss, it works by accelerating protein coagulation. Do you know coagulation? It's like jelly. It it comes together and forms like a little like, it it makes it like a flubber. (laughs) It makes it like a flubber, yes. (laughs) It changes its structure of the protein from like a liquid form to more of a solid or thicker liquid. Mm -hmm. So exactly, flubber, exactly. And during... The end of the boil, again, that's where it's used. Okay. That was question number one. Well, now you know. And question number two, where would I look if I asked you to measure the original gravity? And Shen, definitely, you know the answer to this one. What do you mean, where would you look? Like, where would I go to get it? Measure the original gravity. I would take the wart that's been cooled and I would measure it. Exactly. But I don't know what you mean. Like, where would you look? Like, I I would go into the... The fermenter? I don't know. Yeah, you can, depending on how your setup is, our new setup has it so we have the sample valve at the end after the our chilling our chiller. So we could take the sample from there to fill up our graduated cylinder to take our hydrometer reading, yeah. to take that original gravity. Or uh, the most commonly 
spot is you chill it down through ice or however means a chiller, whatever you use to get that wort down in temperature. And then usually in the fermenter, before you pitch the yeast, you would take that sample from of wort from your batch. Great. So I knew half of the information. It was, it was, it was intermediate level. It was Thank good. you. No, I'm Thank just kidding. It was, it was perfect. <laughs> Thank you for that little fandom interlude. I, I hope Shannon really enjoyed all these Harry Potter references. I did. Because you're such a big fan of Harry I did, Potter. I did and enjoy it. By James. association and by marriage, I am now equally. By affiliation. Equally, yes. yes. Anyways, on to the topic at hand. Well, no, first we got some craft beer news. James. Yes, Moving we on. finally have craft beer news. I feel like. Well, I guess the first one. Uh, I guess we can't classify this as craft beer news. This is no, beer news. This is true. Neither of these things I, I would classify as craft, but uh, <laughs> the first one really makes me laugh because I love a good social media battle like Wendy's and their Twitter account gives me life. They just go around roasting everyone. So this story. Shannon likes a good roast. I do. So, uh, as people may have heard, Anheuser-Busch changed their logo recently because they wanted to embrace their development of the company. So, their eagle that used to face left is now facing right because they don't want to look into the past, James, and it is the future of beer. But it might kind of look familiar. So, it's now gold. The eagle's gold. It looks to the right. And it's got some nice script writing underneath Sound like any other beer company that you might know that claims to be the oldest brewery in America that might start with a Y. <laughs> so yeah, so Yingling is throwing some shade at Anheuser-Busch because they're saying like, hey, cool awesome. new eagle. Looks familiar. <laughs> so good. So good. Definitely and, check, check and it yeah, out. It's they, pretty funny. They posted on their Twitter account um, a nice little side-by-side screenshot of their logo next to the new Anheuser-Busch logo. And it just it makes me it makes me laugh. See, I so when I first saw the story, I thought, oh my god, they're looking forward. So like maybe they're gonna disclose all the craft breweries that they bought and like say that we outwardly own the all these craft breweries and list all of them so that like all the consumers who think when they go to a tap room mm-hmm. and there's all this selection really realizes that it's only like three or four different big companies that own them and that the favorite craft brewery isn't their favorite craft brewery anymore. It's just continuing under new branding. But no, it's just a, I wouldn't even say it's a redesign. It's a turning of. Well, yeah, they're saying they're trying to redo their logo to embrace the next generation of beer is what they're saying. But it's also similar to a tagline that Yingling has been using (laughs) since 2020 to promote some of their beers. So, you know, I wonder if there'll be a lawsuit. I wonder if someone left Yingling and got a, job at Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> that would be like, awesome. Just wanted a vendetta, like was really mad at Yingling. I was like, I know how I'm going to get back at them. I don't know. Whatever. So, Nothing wrong with it. It's just really funny. I just, th- I just find it funny. I love when companies playfully dig at each other. <laughs> playfully dig. Um, so also speaking, kind of what you were just touching on, James, about major companies buying up breweries, Monster Beverage Corporation acquired Canarchy which is a brewery collective, craft beer brewery collective. Their most known brands are from Colorado, Oscar Blues, and also Cigar City down in Florida. And I think there's three others in the collective altogether. So five breweries bought up by Monster, who's apparently looking to enter the alcohol industry. Because, you know, your Monster energy drinks really go great. I mean, it's 2020. Alcohol. It's 2022. I almost said 2020. I know. It's 2022 now, and it seems like we're starting off not such in a hot light as we would have all hoped 2022 would have started out with. So maybe they're like, let's bring back for Loco. No, nah, uh, that's a horrible idea. I would vote against it, but okay. But <laughs> I think what's really just for distribution, and again, this story has been covered, I think, by every single podcast out there that's related to beer. So we just wanted to touch on it for those that yeah. weren't aware or just happen to listen to our podcast and nobody else, which I don't think that's the case of anybody, but if you are, DM us. <laughs> Tell we'll us. make sure we take care of you. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, so I think it's going to be seen as a positive. Um, there, a lot of Wall Street analysts have said it's a positive, again, because of you know distribution, supply chain, and also diversifying in incorporating a big brand such as monster 
um, to help out distribution. That's, you know, an issue right now. Yeah. And it seems like from what I was reading, they're basically going to let them keep doing their thing. It's not like they're going to, you know, change their entire product line. Every single beer will have like they're going to, they're going to let the, yeah, they're going to let the craft breweries just keep doing their thing. But I think they bought them for like 40, 440 billion. So I thought it was million. It's a million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's more money than we'll ever see. So it's a lot of money. It's a lot. But that's the craft beer news. And again, support your local craft breweries out there. I know they are struggling and especially with mandates changing uh, every day. They, you know, struggle to try and keep up with all the different changing regulations and everything. So just do what you can to support your local brewery by their you know, picking up curbside if you're not comfortable going out or going it out safely, wear a mask and social distance. Sorry, it's $330 million. So Ooh, we were both wrong. Yeah, but still a lot of money. <laughs> uh, so in personal homebrew news. In personal homebrew news. Yeah, James, Ooh. you um, have brewed two, two beers. Getting personal, Shan. Getting personal. Two beers so far this year, and it's only, we're like halfway through the month. Yeah, it's crazy. You're like, and I've added cranking two it out. So if you, you check like- out our Instagram page, and I posted what how many beers we'll be doing, that's not an all encompassing list. And already I've added a stout in the mix and an Irish red um, to try and get done before March. So again, trying new things. Twenty twenty two. My New Year's resolution was to try and branch out and especially get Shannon involved as well with our brews and maybe have her brew on her own on her system. That's more of a countertop appliance type system. We've talked about it before the Pico brew. Yeah. The Pico brew and just do recipes and figure out if something works on a smaller batch and then we can do it on the big, big system. I think you're just trying to schedule more brew days than you had in the, in the past year. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, simplify the process and also, brew beers that I'm not used to brewing Mm -hmm. versus last year, which was going back to basics and kind of trying to brew different styles, just smash recipes. So, yeah. So what do you got going bubbling? Well, so on tap now is the cosmic haze pale ale. Mm -hmm. And actually you and our neighbor, um, Maggie, were the first one. Maggie and I were the first ones to try it. First ones to try it. And I was, I was like, ooh, is this, do I want to have them try it first? But I'm like, they're going to be so critical of this because you both don't really yeah. trend towards the pale ale or IPA side. So I'm like, I'm going to get a real honest opinion here. And I did. No, I'm just It was a great <laughs> uh, accompaniment to our cookie party that was happening. Yeah, they were having a cookie decorating yeah, party. That's what we do. But it was good reviews. And then um, shared some. We'll get to that in a minute. But we shared some as well and got good feedback from that as well. Yeah. And so that's on draft. And then I brewed up a Centennial Pale Ale, mostly focusing on the Centennial Cascade blend of hops with a little bit of Eldorado. But this one is not really going as well as you hoped. We think it's our our basement is very cold because it is the middle of January and like five degrees out every day. Yeah. And, you know, I hit my original gravity which I was super stoked about and got it in the fermenter. And this thing was humming like the first maybe day. And then after that, nothing Nothing. whatsoever, whatsoever. (laughs) It was just dead silence. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. Like it probably stalled a little bit. I put in some yeast nutrient, nothing. And then two days later, nothing. And I took a gravity reading. I'm like, Ooh, all right. Like I'm at like a 3% beer right now. (laughs) Woohoo. I can almost, I'm like, all right. Like, I could drink that all day. I could drink that all day, man. Possession. But I'm like, that's not what I was going for. I was going for like a 5 to 6% pale ale. Uh, so I was like, you know what? What could have caused this? I went through all of the possible scenarios. And it just reminded me of 2022, my trying to prep ahead a day before and making sure I have all my grains weighed out. I have all everything I need. And the one thing that I didn't think to check was my yeast and to make sure I have all the yeast and to check the manufactured date mm-hmm. on the yeast to make sure that it's pretty close to, you know, a couple months from when it was manufactured, if not a year at most. Mm-hmm. 
And <laughs> lo and behold, that yeast was from 2020. Yeah. And so, damn, like, that's no good. That's, you know. I don't even know where you were storing it the whole time. All of 2020, I did not even see that yeast anywhere. Yeah, so. I don't know where it came from. So once I, I quickly figured that out, luckily I had another one of those yeasts that was like a month old, not even. And so I just repitched, added a little bit more nutrient, and it's back to where it should be. And I'll be kegging that this week. So cool. Lo and behold, it's not over till it's over. And there's can always fix hope. It. You can fix it. And if not, like I was going to, I was happy to have like a 3% beer and see how it tastes. Like it tasted fine. Like when I did, mm -hmm. you know, took a little sample out, but again, like it's all on your personal preference on alcohol content. But again, yeah. that's a common thing right now across for all home brewers is just temp control. And even if you have temp control, most of the time you, you don't have heat in your fermenter or if you do, it's a heating pad mm -hmm. because you're, you expect that active fermentation will create that heat in your, in your vessel. So yeah, that was exciting. I just got the rest of my ingredients to do that whole slew of mm -hmm. beers that you can see in our Instagram at Double Hot Beer Podcast. If you're not following us already, follow us so you make sure you get all the videos and updates and you can DM us if you have any questions yeah. or want to see more videos. Yeah. Well, the beer that you just made, James, is the one I'm most excited for because I like with beers, so... Yes, whipped beer or a Belgian white. Yes. Um, they, that terms you use kind of interchangeably. And that was really a great beer that I've done like three iterations of already. Mm -hmm. So I had really good notes on the first two versions of it. And the biggest take home is if you're using coriander and orange peel. So the orange peel will give it a little bit of bitterness into it. Mm -hmm. And the coriander gives it that nice spice. That, uh, that they pair associate. well together, yeah. Coriander is one of those ingredients where if you use too much, you can't go back yeah. <laughs> and it's super overpowering. I think I made the mistake of going like I did 1.75 ounces in one of the batches and it was way too much spice. It just overtook the beer mm -hmm. and pretty much ruined the beer. And the first one, I just did like 0.7 ounces for a five gallon batch and that was about right. So this time I went kind of in the middle. I did just under one ounce of coriander. So, and I also learned the mistake of not crushing. Yeah, you got to crack you gotta it open. You got to crack it open. Not like to a fine powder or anything. You just want to crack those seeds. to like peppercorns. Get, get, yeah, get those extra, get, get that extra spice and yeah, aroma it out of it. releases the oils. And that was just put into the boil. Um, and I used a nice hot mesh bag um, for that so it wouldn't clog up any of my filters or pumps or anything kind of like a dry hop if you're put, putting your hops in mm -hmm. there just use one of those mesh bags and then you take it out and i think the second batch i did that i actually like instead of dry hopping i put the coriander in a mesh bag and put that in because i didn't do enough and then i overdid it so i won't be doing that this time <laughs> okay. but that i overshot my original gravity big time so i could have corrected it but i just went with it see what happens see what you happens. never know I was aiming for a 1.055. I ended up at a 1.065. Okay. So we'll see what happens. It's cool. I was okay with it. You know. Go with the flow. I'm not a perfectionist at this 2022. point. 2022. I took note. I took note of it. Okay. And that was actually the easiest cleanup I've ever had on a brew day mm -hmm. to date, even going back from my grandfather. It only took me an hour and a half. That's good. I mean, and, it also helped you started earlier in the day as well. So. Yeah. And then I, what I did is I left a little extra water in my hot liquor tank, um, had that heated up. So then once I transferred to my boil kettle, I transferred that over a little bit of it to my mash tun, flushed out the mash tun, basically put some hot water in that, let it sit in there while the boil was going. And then once the boil was over and I transferred to my fermenter because the beer is what matters, not the cleaning, not thinking too far ahead. <laughs> and so once it was safe, nestled in the fermenter with the yeast pitched, I worked on the boil kettle next because that had a little hop residue in there. And that's like the hardest vessel if you have a three vessel system to clean to get all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. So I flushed that out and then did a nice deep clean of that. So I think that definitely cut down my cleaning time significantly. Yeah, good. By like four o'clock, you were done. Yeah, it was sweet. And next brew days we got going on, we have a spiced winter ale. The Imperial Barrel Age Stout yep. ha has been 
nice in the barrel, no it's been, leaks. Uh, hibernating. We're gonna be bottling that with our neighbors probably in the next in week. In case you so. didn't know, you're involved. <laughs> no, they, they oh they want to be involved. Okay. Trust me, they're listening right now. They're going hell yeah. That's James' impression of all of you. So be flattered. <laughs> yeah, be flattered, guys. Be flattered. I'm excited to see what I don't. I'm. We all know I'm not really a stout person, but I will definitely try it. As I've said, I'm excited to see how it came out. I can't wait for you to be like, I hated it. It's, I would it's, say it's, that. It's gonna, I'm very nervous about this beer because the expectation is so high and it's just something totally new and exciting. But, you know, I have faith in Mandy's recipe. It won some yeah. medals. And, you know, adding some whiskey to the mix only makes it better. So That is true. So there we go. Okay. Well, other homebrew... Still in the homebrew s- section, I guess we'll call it. The homebrew. We are a homebrewing podcast too, Shan. So yeah, it's, it's very okay. true. Uh, so we were privileged enough to sample some of our fellow homebrewers' creations, and we've tried their creations before because we've had them yeah. on the show. Robbie from Chainsaw Brewing and Jason from Steel City Brewing yep. were kind enough to share their enthusiasm with me and Shannon because we were both enthusiastic about certain beers that they we saw on their Instagram pages of what they've brewed and have tried certain brews from them before, mm-hmm. especially like the pumpkin ale from Chainsaw Brewing and the IPAs, Hazy Boys of Steel City. So, you know, we got some of their beers. Thank you guys for sending those over to us. They were they, they were walking appeared. Us, they, they were just walking through our neighborhood. Yeah, they just appeared and, in our home. Yeah. And my favorite from Chainsaw Brewing, and I saw the video of this, and he does these crazy videos. First, it was mashing in a giant pumpkin, which is how mm-hmm. like I connected with him originally because I'm like, this is wild. This is stuff that I'd want to do. This time, he like hollowed out, you know, a nice. You know, tree limb. <laughs> just have just put, to put it lightly and not to get into like, is it a spruce or what kind of tree it was? Um, it's on his Instagram page. And he basically just mashed, th- put this mash going through mm-hmm. through this. And he called this IPA his pine saw. Great name. And this just, oh, it reminded me of the, that time where I love spruce tip IPAs. And I still do. <laughs> yes. And it was just it, the aroma from this IPA was just out of this world. Like you would think that it came from a tree and it certainly did. And it was like the piney. It was like, I miss those piney IPAs. I miss them because you know, that West coast style is coming back, I think, but those Mm -hmm. really piney like Sierra Nevada kind of IPAs are just hard to find these days, but that was my favorite and gave him some feedback on it. And I think he should definitely do it again. Yeah. And then you tried his... Yeah, so I tried the Jack O'Saw, which was brewed in 145-pound pumpkin. So it was the Imperial Autumn Ale. I was excited to try this one. Um, We'd seen videos in the past of him brewing in the pumpkin, which is just insane. And I'd never had a beer that was in a pumpkin before. So I was excited. And the pumpkin is actually having glaze with brown sugar. And maple syrup. So that gave a little bit added flavor in there. And then in the keg, he added roasted pecans, bourbon-soaked vanilla beans, and cinnamon. So there was a lot going on. And I think that was a little different take on the first time he did this where you couldn't try it yeah, because you were pregnant, pregnant at the time. And I got James I tried it. it and really liked it. Yeah, I mean, I so I we always talk about, you know, Homebrewers love honest feedback. And I am going to say this wasn't my favorite. It was a little bit too, and I'm trying to think of like a good like technological word, but for me it's more syrupy. Like the mouthfeel was was a little syrupy for me. But I will say that and this is one of those like they're saying it's a bad beer because it's they don't like that style or whatever. I'm not saying it's a bad beer. I'm saying that I personally, my taste did not enjoy it. But if you taste it it tastes exactly like what Robbie describes it as like you can taste the pecan you can taste the maple like it tastes like a pecan pie in the beer I just prefer my pecan pie to be actually in pie and so it wasn't for me it wasn't my favorite but I think 
for what he was going for, it hit it like on the head. Like it is true to the description that he gives it. And so if that's, you know, your, your vibe with flavors, then I think you would really enjoy it for me. Yeah. I feel like this beer would be like a showstopper. Like when we went to the beer dabbler in Minnesota oh, yeah, definitely, and definitely. there was that maple beer that mm-hmm. was super thick and like you said, like syrupy. And after all those IPAs and everything yeah. else we had, we tried that beer and that beer stood out so well that we were talking about it even after the fact oh, yeah. where would we drink like in a gi- giant pint of it? Probably not. But the flavor and just like appreciating yeah. what that brewer was trying to achieve. Like, no, I definitely think it's a standout and it's, it is unique and different and is very, it is successful for what he wanted it to be. But like I said, just not, just not for my style, but you know, yeah, to each his own. I picked up the vanilla bean yeah, definitely. in that a lot. And I think that was something he tweaked from the first one as well, which I think that just added another complexity level, which again, like if you're, you like more of a simple autumn ale being more of just like an yeah. amber ale kind of a thing. I like more like amber ale with a little bit of spices. Spice. It's yeah. not, it doesn't actually have to be a pumpkin beer, like a pumpkin flavor, but I, I just like a little more spice in my, in my autumn ale. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You were you wanted more of a crushable autumn ale versus like a sipper autumn ale that's higher alcohol content that I think this yeah. was higher alcohol content. I think it was like an eight, eight percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Jason from Steel City Brewing, the Hazy Boys, which I just loved when he, I first got to try that beer. And I'm, he's currently building like this giant barn on his mm-hmm. land that's going to be an awesome brewery. And this spear is just going to sell out every single week. And he actually did two different variations, two different hop combos with the Hazy Boys this time. And I think I appreciated both of them differently than I did the first time, especially with my Cosmic Haze pale ale that I did that used the Eldorado hop. I think it's a very dynamic hop in that it gets you a lot of flavor, especially in the dry hop and aroma that you get. And when he co- combined the Vic Secret and Mosaic and also Citra in the two different blends, and it just gave a nice pineapple and citrusy aroma from that Vic Secret hop, which again, isn't a hop that's used very often. And I think pairing that with a Mosaic or an Eldorado is just a brilliant pairing. And then, but for me, for me, it's the showstopper, the different beer that I didn't get to try the first time was his leg lamp winter ale. Mm -hmm. So I think this was one that you kind of might've thought that autumn ale, you would have pictured as an autumn ale. Winter and autumn ales are very similar, I think. Mm -hmm. They're more malty. You get that beautiful deep amber color. It was just a wonderful winter ale. And I I just messaged him right away. I was like, dude, this this beer, like your hazy boy, I, you know, is great. But this is something that, like, I would order again and again at a brewery and not expect to. And it's not just because it is Christmas story themed? No, not because there's a, yeah, the lamp. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, No, but I just love a good malty beer, very drinkable, not too heavy, not too light, a perfect winter beer. Um, And his Soak and Bait Session IPA is just a crushable IPA. Again, crushable. it's a little too crushable for me. Like, I'd have, like, t- way too it's many dangerous, of those. Is it's what you're dangerous. It's dangerous. Like, I, I'd prefer to just, like, have a Hazy Boy and, like, a his leg lamp, winter ale, and just be okay <laughs> versus, like, having, like, five or six of the uh, session IPAs. Okay. Uh, but, again, it's a, it's a good diverse profile, I think, of having different beers in your yeah. repertoire to have. And all the best of luck to both of them. I think they're going places to say the least oh definitely yeah and they've both been mentioned in the zergery magazine too that um one of my favorite homebrewing magazines that i get exactly and again we're not sponsored by anybody this is just things that i like things that's the new section of our podcast things Things that that james James likes (laughs) and things that your homebrewer might like yeah so you may have seen we recently went to chicago and before you all freak out we were COVID safe. We tested before we went. We before tested when we got back. Before everyone freaks out that we went somewhere. Everything was safe. We didn't get COVID. We, we got wore freaking a wild. We, it was, yeah. This is the, the first, like, getaway for both of us since having our first child. And to say the least, we went 
all in. We were all in. Yeah, it was a fun time. It was good. It was so much fun. But we started off by checking out a couple of breweries in the Chicago area, uh, both the day we got there and then the day of we were there for a wedding. So the morning of the wedding, we obviously had to kill time and go drink beer somewhere. So that's why you just got to be like, ah, yeah, Windy City Brews. Oh, my gosh. Ah, yeah. He's been storing that one up. I'm such a dad now. Jeez. Oh, this God. is getting bad, guys. Definitely. This is bad. So we first went to Pilot Project, which is on North Milwaukee Ave in Chicago. And this was a really cool place. I wanted to check this out because I thought it was a good opportunity to get our feet wet in the Chicago brewery scene and just sample all different breweries' beers. So they allow breweries to kind of shop their wares. It's not like one of those like beer hall tap rooms you go to where it's just a bunch of different beers. It's it's like test batches of beer. So breweries yeah. trying things out, seeing how they go over, getting feedback from people. So I really wanted to check this place out. I thought it was a unique concept and it had gotten really great reviews. So we went there first. And this is where I let Shannon do the research and do it. So I go in with no expectations and just go in blind because that's the best like experience to have is when you don't expect something and it just blows your mind and you know you don't have that bar set a certain way based on looking at pictures or reading what other people have to say you can make your own informed decision but i'm glad yeah. shannon picked this place because it was just a super chill vibe yeah, it was a good we had left home really early in the morning got into chicago like at 9 a.m yeah the funny so. thing was we actually took the metro from the airport and we're going and like I was looking out the window and this I mean the metro was pretty violent like it was shaking us like rag dolls but we had our bags and everything and I'm looking out the window I'm like oh Shannon look look at that like cool like it looks like an old like marquee like movie theater. theater and I'm like ooh but it doesn't look like it's in the greatest area uh. and I'm like but I'm like such a cool like such cool architecture it's such a cool building I'm like oh man I hope something cool is like there and then lo and behold this place Right, right across, across the street. The street. Yeah. And it was a great area. It was fine. It... Yeah. Yeah. And this place is very laid back. They also had coffee, food. So it was just kind of like a chill hangout spot. It was a great place to start and just kick back, relax. It yeah, was it's quiet. It's a great spot for like an afternoon beer yeah. or two or a flight. So a couple of my favorites. I had obviously tried the house sour. That was actually brewed for someone else's wedding as a special beer. And that was delicious. But I also tried the Tolo Tolo, which was their Mexican lager. Uh, that was, I mean, I can only describe it as a traditional Mexican lager, you know, great if you were eating enchiladas or, you know, it was light refreshing. Uh, so that was, that was great. I liked it. And then my favorite, which I, yes, yes. I also like these other places. So okay. it's, and it's obviously right. has all mango right. in it. So come on, you all know me. Uh, so it was the Gerlassi and it was their milkshake mango IPA. Shannon liking another IPA. Yeah. It's coming on the right side of the It was just here. very smooth mango flavor, like very like creamy. I like I like milkshake IPAs. I will say that. I think it, it's just the lactose think, for me. Yeah, I think you like mangoes. I like mango and lactose. Yeah. <laughs> mango and lactose and what Shannon's good. Shannon's good, you know. Great Lact combination. Throw some lactose and mango in a jar and Shannon's good. Yeah. So I was getting adventurous with the beers that I tried here because I'm like, you know what? It's a pilot project. Let's let me try something I normally wouldn't try. So I tried the Spanish tea IPA mm -hmm. and this was almost like a fruit beer meets IPA meets tea flavor. Like it was just soap. It was the most bizarre flavor of a beer that I've ever had in my entire life. And I, yeah, it was just so was interesting. I was like, I couldn't peg any particular like ingredient, anything in it, like other than knowing that the thing said tea. And I was just like, man, this is so complex. <laughs> James drinks tea so often too. So yeah, no, all the time. Not at all ever. But it was just the, the most bizarre flavor that I'm just like, it just blew my mind. And then you tried it and it, you were just like, I don't even know how to describe this either but yeah no it was interesting but again it was like a super craft beer like that's yeah. what craft beer is, is sometimes you have to go outside the box and 
come, come up with something new. And again, in a flight, that was delightful to have something like that to balance out. Uh, I got a couple other IPAs. I got their, um, I think it was a pale ale. And then I think they had a, like some kind of stout that mm-hmm. I tried, but they're all very good. Half Acre is one of our friends' best spots to go to that live in Chicago. So they mm-hmm. highly recommended this brewery to us. So of course we had to check it out. Yeah, so we went to Half Acre, which was originally, I believe, in the Lincoln area of Chicago, and then they actually just moved to Balmore Ave. So we checked that out. It was it was cool. It was like a very artsy kind of like I'm trying to think. Uh, what's the word when it's like not? It's like free form. Free form. <laughs> uh, abstract. Okay, I was gonna. Call it more of like a contemporary. Yeah. Oh yeah, contemporary. That's a good. A good. Uh... <laughs> you're going. You're like, is it a funk place? Like what? I was like, where are you? Where are you going with this? No, it like it's a very contemporary vibe when you walk in, and it's got a nice bar with some boots, and they have this. The first thing I noticed was this old school arcade game that's literally like, the guy who. I was like, is that a bar? And he has to slide the beers going across. Oh yeah, it was like a, it was like a, almost like a Simpsons characters. I like for- it looked like the art, like the, the vibe of the Simpsons, like the those cartooning, type of cartoons. Yeah. And this game, like a bar. It's a very game. famous old game that never really like took off or anything. But now it's like super popular. And I forget. I wish I knew the name of this arcade game, but it was something tavern or. Or something, and it was just a super cool. I didn't get to play it because <laughs> I mean, someone because someone called someone yours. called our ride before um, that wasn't me. I could actually play it, so we had to run out to make sure that I kept my five star rating. You know, <laughs> don't um, want to ruin that. Five don't want to ruin rating. that five star because you know, Shan, when we get in cars at uh, I think it's called rating. Tapper, but okay, yeah, Tapper, that's it. And so you go through. There's the the bar, they have that set up, or they also have a tent set up outside. Which is where we sat. Which is where we sat. Um, great spot. Again, they also have this for private events. If You you wouldn't know this unless you had to go to use the bathroom. <laughs> and you go back, and it's all these barrels and barrels and barrels where they age all their barrels, and you get to mm-hmm. see like their fermenting tanks and everything, but it's all gated off. But there's like a tables out there if you have a private event, which is super cool if you're looking for an event, like great yeah, spot. No, I, I missed it because I did leave before you, but it looked really cool from the pictures you took. Yeah. And while we were there, I had the Pink Sangria Hut, which was their blended mixed culture beer with fruit. And it was delicious. It was, it had a forward, like the, the first kind of taste you got was of the fruit like a sour beer and then yeah and then the back end was almost like like a chardonnay or like a pinot grigio like bite on the back like it's like almost dryness yeah yeah yeah, definitely so it was i could i mean it's called pink sangria hut so like that implies that there's you know sangria is made with wine and fruit so it was a good it was an interesting blend and i liked it it was something i hadn't it was kind of a different take on a sour beer which i appreciated yeah i think that's definitely a beer that you can kind of sip on and it's almost like drinking a fine wine, right? You, you take in, it's got the aromatics. You want to make sure you, you know, smell the glass. You're going to be that Mm -hmm. pretentious home brewer, (laughs) you know, craft beer connoisseur smelling your glass and people are going to look at you, but you definitely get a whole nother experience by getting those aromatics in as part of your sensory experience of trying this beer, because then once you get it, once you start taking a sip, take a couple sips, that mixed culture and that yeast really comes through with the flavors of the beer and you get that fruit and then you get that dryness at the end, which is from that mixed culture, mm-hmm. which is just great. Like I love that beer too. And I was like, Ooh, I should have gotten that, but I wasn't disappointed. I got their West coast IPA. I asked, you surprise, know, the server, surprise. I asked the server, what are you most <laughs> excited about on tap? And he said, uh, the West Coast IPA. And so I went with that and I was not disappointed. And then their winter winter ale was also really good. Yeah. And their food was really good too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I keep saying really good. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> there's no degree. Like, James yeah, says had, everything's really good. Like, we had pretzel bites. We had Caesar salad. Caesar. <laughs> we had. I had chicken sandwich. All kinds of. Uh, stuff. Yeah. They had a good menu. Burgers. Yeah. Yeah, we had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 
But yeah, that was a great spot looking to check somewhere out. Yeah. And then we also went, so actually before we went to Half Acre, when we were at Pilot Project, we were kind of looking like, oh, what else is in the area? And one place that we had found that wasn't really on any of the maps when I was looking, uh, James just happened to stumble across it, quote unquote. Um, (laughs) She does not mean we were walking down the street and I was stumbling and I saw it and I said, let's walk. He just happened. We were sitting there. Just looking like, okay, well, we can't stay here all day. So instead let's of, figure out where else to go. Instead of doing the search breweries nearby, I just took my cursor and I scrolled, like manually scrolled yeah, to the yeah. GPS map and like waited for things to pop up. And then yeah. I found it that way. So we went and checked out Solemn Oath Still Life Tap Room, which I think they had opened pretty, like it, it was fairly new. It was fairly new, yeah, because that brewery I had heard of before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, Solemn Oath. Like, oh, we definitely have to check this place out. Yeah. Yeah, and so we went, um, and we met Carrie, who was amazing. She was a great bartender, brew, brew general manager, brew, general manager. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Basically, doing everything that you could yeah. possibly do, but having just the stat- being elevated super status. Woman. Yeah, okay. being superwoman. Um, so yeah, we hung out there for a little bit. I tried the We Are Misfits, which surprise, surprise, was an ex Miss Brown Ale with spices. Ooh, so ooh. that was really delicious. Um, it was not too high. It was a 7% ABV, so not too crazy. But I was, was going to definitely... say, I, I hope that we brought Carrie some people in there because we. I hope we were vibing and I hope... Uh, <laughs> vibing? I, ho- I hope we gave her a better experience because, you know, she was trying to... I know how it is when you're trying to clean glassware and you're trying to get things done. You're like, please stop talking to me. I'm just trying to get my work You're done. concerned about us giving her a better experience? Like, you know, like work can be boring at times. You know what? You got to. You're hoping that we brightened her day. But no, I know I'm more saying like people saw us having a good time sitting there at the bar and then people started coming in. Hopefully more people came in to get her, you know, make it worth her while for being there. (laughs) Okay. I don't, I don't know. I always feel Carrie, let us know if it was worth your while. (laughs) Carrie, please, please message us and let us know if, if that, if we brought anyone else came in after us. Yeah, it was a cool spot. I'm glad we found it. Their IPAs were insane. Um, th- she showed us some of these double IPAs and some of the, I think, I forget which IPA it was, but it was like so good. <laughs> it's so, it was so good. It was really good. It was really good. <laughs> oh man. I got to use better words. Yeah. You should have broadened your vocabulary. I got to broaden my vocabulary. I just enjoy the beer. Okay. I don't think like, Oh, I get to categorize this beer. Yes, you do. I just enjoy it. <laughs> okay. I just enjoy it. Well, those were some of the breweries we made it to in our short little trip to Chicago. Hopefully that helps you all if you are looking to venture out there at some point in the future, near future, far future, whatever. Yeah, maybe go when it's not like winter time and it was fine. it's a windy city. So it's windy all year round, James. Just bring a coat. Yes. Yep. Do bring a coat. <laughs> Thank you for that insight. We also checked out a Christmas village as well. That was oh, really yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. And that was cool. If you're ever in Chicago around the Christmas time, they have a traditional um, Christmas. Chris Kindle Mart, which is a German kind of, you can go market. buy, yeah, market. In Austrian, they had like different. Yeah, you can go get glass ornaments, ornaments and. Strudel, pastries. All different types of food. Beer, but Yeah, we brats. went into the Timberhaus timber and had uh, some beer and pretzels and bratwurst and all the good stuff. Yeah, so that was fun if you ever in the area i and think it's can, only it runs like a month it's like yeah. right after thanksgiving to right before christmas in chicago it's right in daily plaza i think so go check that out if you're and you can year. see the outside building of <laughs> from christmas vacation yeah of clark's office clark's office yes yeah, so. so so cool guys yeah so james why don't you round us out today just to give the listeners some more education of some Chicago beer history. Me? Yeah. You're the history person. No. I, it's all on you today. Shannon, what, what It's all is on this? you. It's 2022, James. It's all on you. Broaden. New broaden you. My, new you. 2022, new you. Oh, you God. It. Can I say no on air? No. Okay, I, I guess I can't. No. Although you could say no, and then I will isolate that one sound and use it for other purposes. <laughs> well, so one of the thoughts that came across my mind, and I think why Shannon's making me say some history on Chicago uh, craft beers because I asked the question when we were there of why haven't I heard of more breweries of Chicago than what we did when we went there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, for one, when I think Chicago, think about prohibition and gangsters and hard alcohol. 
but I don't necessarily think about beer. I think more about like the, you know, getting that rum underneath the streets of the city to got a, what's it called? Smuggle? What's the? <laughs> Smuggle? <laughs> Smuggle, yeah. A rum runner. A rum runner. Yeah. But tell me all about the beers and the breweries, James. Well, being where Chicago is located on the map in the United States, started Germans coming again to the United States, and they really had the knowledge of the grains, hops, and brewing. And start 1833, there was a couple small taverns in the town. You get to about 1880 to 1890s, there was a little bit of a a bump in small breweries popping up. And then Prohibition happened, as Shan mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, So they really had to pivot to try and figure out, you know, like a pandemic, what you would do when beer is without obviously prohibition where you can't, you can't yeah. have alcohol. So they ended up making cereal, what was called cereal beers at the time. And these would be equivalent of today's like non-alcoholic beers. Um, and they were popular and there were signs, you know, around and everything, but they just never really took off. And then you really have the start in 1978, the biggest brewery in Chicago, I would consider, um, had closed hand brewing. So before that, little history on hand brewing. Yeah. It was founded by, in 1891, on North mm. Avenue by Peter Hand. And he was a Prussian immigrant. And he was really successful and really knew different grains and different combinations with malts to use. And he had really good success with their Meisterbrau brand, which really means like master beer. Mm-hmm. Or Master Brew, I would say, in German. And this brand really took off and employed like 600 600 people, which was a lot at the time. The population in Chicago at this time wasn't as big, nearly as big as Uh it is today or even equivalent to in other parts of the United States during this time. So they really were localized breweries and... In 1965, James Howard took over this brewery with a group, and under this new management, the company renamed Meisterbrau Inc., and they start to expand their operations. So again, I was wondering, well, could they have lasted longer had they tried to distribute outside of Chicago? But there really wasn't a need for that because they were so popular locally Mm -hmm. that they didn't need to distribute and waste resources or try to to expand that. So it's kind of like tap rooms now yeah. that decide to just have it in-house or just keep it within the state limits because it's not worth it for them yeah. to try yeah. and do if anything Yeah, if it's not else. broke, don't fix it. But, I mean, again, it didn't work out for hand brewing in 1978. <laughs> but, you know, I'm they sure had there a was good other run. factors they had a good going run. on. Yeah. By the end of the 1960s, they had about 1 million barrels in production. Annual sales were about 50 million, which is... Which today's money is probably money. like um, 70 million. And Meisterbrau was one of the top 30 beer companies in the United States at the time, which is pretty significant. I, I thought that was just amazing. And the Meisterbrau itself was a pilsner, and they had basically ads for th- this pilsner all over the city. And it was more prominent to see a poster of this particular beer than the mayor, whoever was running, <laughs> running at the time. Priorities. And so, again, it's like beer overtaking politics at the time. And so it was just a cool thing to kind of read just about. Just makes everyone happier. Who wants yeah. to talk politics when you can talk beer? Yeah, but then, you know, the company started losing money and it sold its brand name in 1972 to who else? <laughs> Milwaukee-based Miller Brewing Company. Dun, 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 dramatic music. Execute order 66, <laughs> home brewing, craft beer. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> once they closed, there there was a big void in breweries in the city of Chicago for almost a decade. There wasn't, there's not much publication out there of many breweries, if not any, during that, that decade. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to add this fun fact because I thought this was- This is a really good really fun fact incredible to see what bigger named corporations end up doing with a successful brand of a craft brewery at the time. So Miller kept the Miser Brow light recipe and renamed it Miller Light. So if you've ever had a Miller Light, you, you can have say had you've had a descendant of Yeah, of this brewery from 1891. Chicago brewing. Yeah. Drinking history. 
And again, then from nine, you know, you had that void from 1978 after Hand Brewing closed, and mm-hmm. then Goose Island opened up a location in 1988, and then you go from there where we talked about Half Acre, 2000, about 2008, they opened their mm-hmm. doors, and then Metropolitan Brewing, 2000, about 2009, 2010, thereabouts, Revolution Brewing, then 2012, Pipeworks opened, and then you start getting a trickle of breweries, and now we're totaling almost 160, if not more, breweries wow. in Chicago based on what I could find on the magical internet. <laughs> so don't quote me on that 160, but no, that I, seems I to be the consensus. Numbers. That yeah. seems to be consensus. And if you're interested to know, that was just a brief history. If you want to know more, there was a, a really nice book called uh, Chicago by the Pint, A Craft Beer History of Windy City that goes into a little bit more detail just in general about the city, where it's located, how... You know, there's brewing water there and just the years of the, you know, expansion of craft brewery in the city. If you're looking to check it out, Mm -hmm. definitely recommend it. And then we were going to talk about some, you know, I mentioned politics playing into craft beer a little bit. I want to mention this Illinois Senate passed legislation SB 754 in 2011, Mm -hmm. which allowed microbreweries to sell and distribute their own beer versus having to go through an official distributor. Which really does help those microbreweries where they have 100% ownership and um, quality and everything on the line. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, the Illinois Senate passed that in 2011, which I think definitely played into allowing these breweries to kind of flourish Mm -hmm. and then choose whether they want to or not go with a distributor. Yeah. Or encourage people who were kind of on the fence about maybe starting a brewery or a microbrewery to do it if they knew that they would have more control. Yeah, definitely. So that was definitely a cool, I guess. Now I see why you do history because <laughs> I, I usually ask her the history and then she knows it. So then I don't have to go through, you know, looking things up and actually taking the time to think about anything. So kudos to Shannon to um, broaden my horizons here in 2022. And hopefully yeah. you guys uh, weren't bored silly at home uh, listening to some history. But I thought it was really interesting and really cool to see how a different city other than our own and what Massachusetts is up to to see how Chicago kind of got its roots. Well, thank you, James. I appreciated listening instead of talking. (laughs) Shannon's like, thank God. Okay. Well, thank you again, James. Really appreciate it. Hope you all enjoyed that. And as we spoke about our fellow homebrewers at the beginning of this episode, we are looking for homebrewers to share their stories. So if you're interested in coming on the show or just sending us a message, feel free to Go to our DMs on Instagram and let us know. And as an independent podcast, your support means we stay that way. And what I mean by that, I mean, please follow us on our Instagram page. That gets us the most views and listen and download our podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Yeah. And And while you're over there, rate, review, and subscribe. And share it with your friends and family. If someone you know wants to get into homebrewing, send them our way. If they have any questions, happy to help. And you know what? Have a good time. Enjoy the fun. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy some home brewing and craft beer. Yeah. This has been Double Double Hoppy. Catch Catch you on on the brew side. side.